evening and welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, the Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, and I bring you greetings on behalf of my handsome husband, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr. We here at the Lotus Flower Podcast aim is to educate, empower, and equip our listening audience with culturally relevant, spiritually uplifting educational topics. The Lotus Flower Podcast. We air on YouTube and on various audio podcast platforms. So wherever you find your podcast, please be sure to log on to the Lotus Flower Podcast. And I would like for you to like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Tonight, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Ms. Charlene M. Drain. She has been an educator for the Battle Creek Public School Systems for over 35 years and has served in many positions within the district. Her passion for children is the gift God gave her at the early age of nine. Ms. Drain was raised by two loving, God-fearing parents, Mr. Beanie and Ms. Eula Drain, who believed that education was the key to success. I would like to tell you that Ms. Drain is a wonderful, passionate, very dedicated woman of God. Not only has she been an educator for the past 35 years, she has also been a dedicated woman of God in her church. She teaches Sunday school. She sings in the choir. She's a faithful contributor to her ministry. She's a woman that will do whatever it takes to make sure that the Lord's kingdom is actually maximized here on the earth. I can appreciate Ms. Drain and her entire family that I've known for many, many, many years. So I am honored to have such a woman of her caliber on the podcast this evening. None other than my friend and my sister in the Lord, Ms. Charlene M. Drain, an educator of the Battle Creek School Systems for over the past 35 years that the Lord has the Lord now to enter into her retirement season. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Yes, 
Once again, Ms. Charlene M. Drain, she is a native of Battle Creek, Michigan, and she holds a Bachelor's of Science degree and a Master's in Reading Education from Western Michigan University here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Ms. Drain chose the episode title, Parent Involvement Contributes to Results. Why? Because Ms. Drain has a love for parents and children. She knows that encouraging parents' engagement in the educational process is one of the best ways to ensure that children will actually succeed and actually be able to surpass the goals that their parents and their educators have set for them, especially urban youth. Ms. Drain, once again, welcome this evening to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Would you greet our guest? Thank you so much. Welcome, everyone, and good evening. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Robertson, Pamela Robertson, for inviting me to be a part of this wonderful God Bless podcast. Um, should I go ahead and start, or would you just like me just... Okay, you know, I was trying to be a little bit coy. I actually have 40 years of teaching, but when I wrote that, I said, ah, I'll say over 35. So that really, that really does work. And I thank God for that, because that is really a milestone. So um, it's a blessing to even be here. Um, I have been a lifelong educator for, like I said, 40 years. And I wanted to encourage and enlighten our audiences on a real big problem that I have observed and experienced in our public schools. The problem I'm referring to is, of course, is the lack of parental involvement. Mm -hmm. Involvement with your child's education. Yes. First, I'd, I'd like to give my definition of what a parent is. And I ask you this question, those of you who have the listening audience, are you a verb or a noun kind of parent? So think about that. When you go back to your elementary school, when you were probably in first grade, or maybe at the end of kindergarten, they taught you of what a verb was and what a noun was. So let me kind of take you back a little bit. And you guys think back when you were a young child and they told you that a noun was a name, person, place, or thing. Mm -hmm. And they told you that a verb or they gave you the definition of a verb, was an action word, jump, ride, hop, skip. Well, I am going to challenge all of you out there in the listening audience, if you have children in school, to become, if you are not, a verb kind of parent. You're someone who gives, your, gives action to the whole educational process, and the way that you do that is through parental and parent involvement. Um, so I hope that by the time I end this podcast, if you're not a verb kind of parent, that yes. you will open, I will enlighten you and you open up your mind to say, I must in order to, for my children or my child to be successful in school. Yes. Okay. Um, I have, like I said, been around for a long time in the Battle Creek Public Schools, and I could really say I saw a shift in parental involvement probably in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be when I started out in my educational quest, you would have parents who would probably break down the doors to be a part of their child's educational process. And in our inner city schools, it's become a real big problem. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that we have been through a lot these last couple of years because of the yes. pandemic. Um, there's parents who are trying to educate their children at home during virtual things. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That virtual thing was a big thing for parents because they didn't really realize, I think, what teachers do on a daily basis. And yes. perfectly honest with you, I heard hey, some parents told me, I just can't do it. So I, their child lacked, they were already probably behind because of the pandemic. They, mm -hmm. when they got back to school, they lacked some things. 
that was that action piece of parental involvement. I I can even say for my own self, I have kids pipe on and they would just be waking up out of the bed. They'd be eating their breakfast and things like that. So the mm -hmm. parents didn't take that action piece, get your kid up, get them ready for that virtual park. So mm -hmm. I, like I said, I have noticed a big decline in the last 20 years. Please don't think I'm being insensitive when I say that a parent's responsibility is to help your child be successful in school. And yes. some of you are saying, I send them to school for that because I have heard that excuse. Yes. I, I, I send them to school. I don't have an, a, a degree in education, but mm -hmm. actually in reality, you are your child's first teacher. That's right. You're, you're your child's first teacher. We as educators are going to take what you have instilled in them and broaden it, enhance it, make it better, make it easier, give them strategies and give them ways to further their learning. But remember, yes. parents, as part as being that action parent, you yes. are your child's first teacher. And what I mean by that, when your child was at home or even over the summertime, Mm -hmm. Your child should just not have this time where there's no education happening. And I'm going to teach you some strategies or show you some strategies that are not like you got to read a book to find out how to do it. It's really simple things that you do every day that you probably don't even consider as learning, but it will help your child to become more uh, ready for school. Yes. Um, and Miss Drain, before you show them those strategies, I have a short video that we are using as a reference tool this evening also podcast audience it's called parent involvement how it contributes to results so we're going to take a moment and we'd like to show you this video as ms drain prepares to talk about those strategies thank you thank you Parent involvement contributes to results. Welcome to Set Work, Voices from the Inside, a podcast of the Annie E. Casey Foundation. Parks Middle School in Atlanta went from failing school to best in the district. This is the fourth of six episodes about people and partnerships that have improved results for kids and families at Parks. My daughter is Caitlin Webb, sixth grade here at Parks Middle School. Since um, she started this year in sixth grade, I'm a member of the PTA and found out about the council and I guess they saw that I was very interactive. Okay, they said, let's put this woman to use because she's going to be up here all the time, so she needs to get on the council. What difference do you see it making for Caitlin? Oh, she sees me being there and she knows, okay, well, gosh, if my mom she comes up here they might tell her I'm doing well so she knows that okay I'm gonna always be active and involved and that that makes the most difference because if she thinks I'm not interested in our education then she may not be interested what do you bring to that council well I think I bring the student in mind and creating the well-rounded student and not just a student who wants academics or who just wants sports but I'm thinking about academics athletics and the arts. I want to make sure that I'm doing all I can as a parent, you know, as as a voice for the other parents that may not be able to make it. Yeah, I have more flexible time to be able to come, but it not only gives them the thought that they are just the teachers and they're involved, but they need to know that the parents are involved as well. I have noticed a difference with my daughter since I'm the only parent. Her mode of thinking if the teachers are on her, she can be lazy if the academics or the curriculum is not where she will have a tendency to back. But I have noticed throughout this year that the challenge has been consistent and that she has actually, she has more of a motivation or a passion to just step it up. It's time consuming, but it's once a month and I feel like this is the least I could do. I need her to understand that I, along with my husband, we're interested and we're going to be watching and the teachers know us. They know us by face, so they'll, um, it makes a big difference for her. That's excellent. That is just excellent. That is just excellent. And I would like for you to be encouraged that you have that mother getting involved in her child's education process. That is exactly 
what Ms. Dre is expounding okay. this evening. Parent involvement contributes to its results. Parental involvement. The parental involvement in a child's educational process is an advantage that money can't buy. All parents, regardless of your social economic status, race, or your primary language, you can do simple things such as attending parent-teacher conferences, going and meeting with your child's teacher, reading with your child, those types of strategies Ms. Drain is going to share with us at this time. Ms. Drain. Okay. okay. With us. All right. Thank you. Increase parent Thank you so much. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, can you share with us those strategies that can increase parent involvement um, in, and, in and out of the school? Okay, well, um, like we kind of discussed before, uh, and you kind of touched on it, is that, um, I, let me preface before I say this, that a lot of good educators are leaving the profession because it is very difficult for them to take on the counseling, the parenting, the teaching, just and they're just tired so this is also not going to only help your child but it also is probably going to encourage teachers to stay longer if they don't have the burden of trying to be all those other or have all those other hats on okay um some of the strategies if we go into some of the strategies or should i go with what parents look parent involvement looks like whenever you have a chance to meet with your child's teacher you should make arrangements to do so if the if you have like a parent teacher conferences and the time is not convenient for you because i know that there are work schedules i know that there just may not be a time i have never met an educator since almost, my, I mean, well, my 40 years of being in education that mm -hmm. is not willing to meet with you at an additional time before yeah. and after school. And mm -hmm. my myself, I've even done it through lunch breaks. So okay. if it is not convenient for you that the time that was originally set up, it is mm -hmm. your responsibility of being that verb part of a parent to make sure that you make arrangements to meet with your child's teacher. Some right. people say, well, my child is doing well. I don't need to meet with your teacher. But right. I have a question to ask you. What message is that sending that high achiever child? Just think about that for a moment. Right. If there are parent-teacher conferences and you don't bother to show up, right? well, I'll tell you what that teaches that child. That teaches that child that my progress is not important. So you right. may have this person or this little person that is doing very well in school, but maybe he not maybe he needs the motivation, he needs the encouragement of his parents. And by right. meeting with your the parent and the teacher, it lets them know this is important. This That's is right. important and we want you to do well. So I am in partnership with your teacher. Because right. a lot of times you think, like I said before, we think teachers are here and parents are there. You are a partnership. Oh, you are a partnership. Volunteer at your teach at your child's school. Now I know with COVID, we were a little bit rigid about how we let people into the building. But now right. pretty much those things are open. So yes. I don't care if you have an hour. I don't care if you have an hour once a week. I don't care if you have an hour once a month. But teachers mm -hmm. will definitely benefit from seeing the parental uh, presence of a parent or their, their their students, parents in the building. And sometimes, right. and this is what parents need to understand, it may not be your child that's having problems, but maybe mm -hmm. little Johnny over here does not have someone, he might be a latchkey kid. He does not have right. somebody to read to them. So if you spend that time in school, that's your parental involvement. Um, yeah. And like I said, Conferences are very important. So this gives your child that that school is very important to them. Also, there's also little volunteer type of things. Like sometimes they have uh, 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 reading nights. Reading yes. nights may need popcorn pop for it. And you may say, well, if I pop the popcorn, what is that doing? That's showing their kid, your kid and all the other kids, 
that you care. You want to make sure they have that snack. Parent involvement does not have to be a big thing, but we need to have that partnership as an educator to know that you care for your child, not only your child, but other kids. Um, Correspondence with your teachers, your child's teacher, so, Mm -hmm. so, so important. I cannot, and and I keep saying this, I cannot tell you, but it's the truth. How many times I've sent a note, I've emailed, I've called, and parents have not responded. It could be something good. It could be something very, 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 very important that your child needs to be successful. But if you don't correspond with your teacher or your child's teacher, you will never know that. If you're not showing up for conferences, if you're not answering notes. I even did a, a, a what I call behavior sheets. So I would pick out about five or six behaviors that the child might have an issue with. And Mm -hmm. I would fill it out. And sometimes at the end of the day, I was really worn out, but I would fill it out. And that goes home to the parent. Now, I had some parents who didn't pay any attention, but I had Mm -hmm. some parents, if I were to mark something, they would call me or email me and let me know that they got that. That little Mm -hmm. Johnny was probably fighting on the playground. Correspondence with your child's teacher is imperative. Um, And it does, like I said, it doesn't have to be a big drawn out type of thing. Um, Reading to your child. Reading to your child is probably the easiest form of getting involved with your child in the educational process. Because if you think about it, there Mm -hmm. is nothing, no profession, no trade or no skill that you don't have to read in. And the more you read to your child, the better the child will become and they will enjoy reading. Um, And yes, your child does have homework. And I have had many parents who have said to me, oh, little Johnny never brings anything home. That might be true. But Mm -hmm. as an action parent, your responsibility is Yes, as an action parent, as she's saying, your responsibility is to read to your child. Higher education. If the child wants to matriculate to colleges, that reading is a platform to do so. In all of the classes that you have in college, even in your math classes, even in your art classes, there's going to be some type of reading involved. So to encourage reading, even at a young age, in the elementary grades, as Ms. Drain has taught over 40 years, that's paramount. There is a growing body of research that shows that the student that is successful are those that are having that parent involvement, not only in the schools, but also the parent involvement outside of the schools. So when they're coming home and they say, I don't have homework, don't believe that. Even little kindergartners have homework. So help them with their homework, encourage them that it's fun. It's a fun process. And then over the summer months, enroll them in those summer reading programs It'll make it a fun game out of it. They can read books, they can win prizes, and they can continue their reading level, which oftentimes drops by half, especially for urban youth. So we want you to know that higher overall achievement, regardless of the child's socioeconomic status, their ethnic background, or their racial background, is imperative because the higher that that child is able to know that my parent is involved, even if you're a single parent, that will actually increase that child's self-esteem in all aspects of life. It also will better their social and emotional behavior, and it will lead to a lower probability of them getting into trouble in and outside of school. Also, they will be less likely to be placed in programs 
that are for non-traditional students in alternative learning settings. So it is imperative once again, that parents get involved in their child's educational process. There's a quote by Michelle Obama that says, to be a good parent, you need to take care of yourself so that when you take care of yourself, then you have the physical and emotional energy to be able to take care of your family. That quote is from Michelle Obama. Also, we want you to know just as Ms. Charlene is sharing tonight, that parent involvement is when parents participate in school events or activities and teachers provide learning resources or information about their students' grades. Unlike in parent engagement, teachers hold the primary responsibility to see that that child's educational goals are being met. Also, parent involvement is when parents participate in school events or activities and teachers provide learning resources or information about their students' grades. Unlike the parent engagement, teachers hold the primary responsibility to set educational goals. Parent engagement and student success. Children with engaged parents are more likely to earn higher grades or test scores, graduate from college, and attend post-secondary education. Also, their confidence is increased in the classroom and in other settings. So we encourage you to get involved as a parent so that your child can be successful. Ms. Drain, we'd like for you to continue at this time talking about parent engagement once again in their child's educational process and why that is important. It is important also because when a parent is engaged, the child is less likely to have low self-esteem. And also when the parent is involved, the child is less likely to need redirection in the classroom. Also, when the, when the parent is involved in the child's educational process, just like Ms. Um, Drain has said, that child will be able to tell other children that my mom cares about me or my dad cares about my educational process to the degree that they're, they're here and they're checking up on me. They're checking up to see how I'm doing, to see if I'm behaving like I'm supposed to. And that is imperative that they, that they say those things because when they speak those things out of their mouths, little children speak those things out of their mouths, that tells me that a seed is being planted. You know, a seed has been planted, and when seeds are planted, our Bible tells us that one man watereth and another man planteth, but God gives the in increase. And so, you know, when God is giving that increase, he can't give the increase if those seeds have not been planted. Also, when parents are engaged, as Ms. Strange shared, there are some strategies that you can utilize when wanting to be engaged with your child's educational process. 
when you want to be engaged, you've got to know how to begin to get engaged with the educational process. How do you get engaged? You get engaged by sharing your classroom goals and expectations with the parents with the parents. So teachers, educators, this is just like I like I said, when you want to be engaged, there are different strategies in which you can utilize to make that happen because sometimes it just isn't automatic the way it happens. Sometimes you have to think things out before you move forward in doing those types of things. You've got to take time to think out, well, how to make this work out? What am I going to do? Well, I want you to know once again, as I shared, connect with parents in person as much as possible. Ms. Drain told me that she thought the use of emails and text messages are very important to keep the parents up to date on what is going on. So teachers, it sounds as though you have a responsibility as well. And of course, you educators, you already uh, know this. So we most likely are preaching to the choir, I'd like to say. But at the same time, I would like to still reiterate that because sometimes, just as Ms. Drain said, Sometimes the teachers, they get tired. And when they get tired, sometimes these things are just go by the wayside. And when they go by the wayside, some of the strategies that are just self-explanatory, they just do not get acted upon. So I would like to encourage you teachers, especially when you were going through the pandemic situation to know that, you know, you are appreciated. But we also want you to know that parents' engagement sometimes can be inhibited if we're not open to making special accommodations sometimes, especially for single parents that are working or that might be at home with other siblings and they just cannot get away from their schedule. And though that type of parent may really need to have special accommodations made for what is going on in their personal lives so that they can be involved. Also, to be involved in the child's educational process we have educational manual that we have created just to help you as you navigate the process of being an involved and involved parent now none of us came here with an educational manual however i have created the blooming with Hope Parenting Educational Manual. It's in its third edition. Now, this is a timely resource that combines powerful scenarios with practical exercises. Anyone that's curious about how to walk with a child through these tumultuous times needs to purchase this manual. It's available on Amazon and on the Emerging Hope Ministry website here at emerginghopefamilystrengtheningprogram.org slash shop. Ms. Drain, once again, is here, and she's going to continue speaking to us about the importance of being involved in your child's educational process. Okay. Please forgive me. I had some technical difficulties, but you know what? God is in control and I'm back on now. So let me continue. I think I left off where I, where I said that, yes, your child does have homework. And, uh, and I was giving you uh, how you should 
deal with that. Most times teachers will give you a printout or a newsletter weekly, letting you know what their homework policies are. However, you as a parent may take that action part of a parent. And when your child comes home with a backpack or whatever, make sure that you tell them if that's homework or any correspondence from your teacher, it needs to go in that front zipper part or that back zipper part so that you will always be looking for it. And you know, when it's coming home, that they have it in that area. Now, uh, you can, you know, make that kind of a uh, make that known from your to your child's teacher and yes. the teacher can remind little Johnny to make sure he puts it in that area. And I also would like to tell you that just because your child does not have like the form homework, like a worksheet or something like that, it does not mean your child does not have homework. And yes. the one thing about homework, most educators know homework is a review. Homework should not take more than 20 minutes to do. If you have a child who is struggling with their homework, you need to contact the teacher immediately because homework is intended to be a review of what was learned in class that week or class that day. It is not to be more than 20, 25 minutes. So yes, they do have homework and you're going, but wonder if the teacher didn't send it home. Well, let me tell you what you can do. While your child is waiting for you to maybe get dinner ready, mm -hmm. you can have them read a recipe to you, or if it might be something you might be putting in the, the microwave, have them read the back of that direction about how you put it in the microwave. Because I know now the parents probably don't do a lot of home cooking like they used to when I was a kid, but right. that's a simple way to do homework. Flashcards. Flashcards can be purchased at most dollar stores. The alphabet kind, the uh, uh, the multiplication division. That's a real big uh, thing that they need to know in third grade because of of the meat test and all the standardized testing that they need to take. So those things are homework, but they're not in that that the. Uh, that, that, that homework packet, maybe the teacher sent home. So your child should never come home and say they don't have homework. And if they do, you say, let's do these flashcards. Let's do this for 10 or 15 minutes. Let's do some math problems. So it's your, your responsibility as a very active parent to do that. And you're probably thinking, well, I have little Johnny's brother and sister to take care of. Right. Make it as simple as you possibly can if there is no homework from the teacher. Have a specific place for homework. Do not let your child be in front of the television, be front of the Xbox and all that different kind of stuff because yeah. it will take his, he or she or their focus off of what they're doing. And remember what I said in the very beginning, it is supposed to be an enrichment, an enhancement of a skill that was taught that day or that week. So right. your child is really getting a big review of what's going and the thing about homework most educators expect if they send that homework home and it comes and it's, it's supposed to be done they expect your child to know that skill you That's know right. it's not something new they expect you to then know it so if it is being tested later on in the week or later on in the month and you don't tell the teacher that little johnny was having issues with doing it then she's right. just going to assume that little johnny knows how to do it and of course right. the teacher will do some um formal and informal testing, but that's your action piece. Um, a good scenario or a good thing to do or a good little place to have in your home, this can also be purchased at the dollar store, are those little incentive charts. Now, yes. I don't know what goes on in your home. They're Like I said, they're at the dollar store. They have little stickers and they have a little chart. Because yes. of my, uh, my technical failure, I was going to bring it out, but I got to find it over there and it's not there. But you guys see them. At, if you go into the yes. teacher section or the school section of all the stores, of the dollar stores, you will see them. Say, yes. for example, that your child read you a book or did that piece of their homework, give them a sticker and you set up the incentive. Maybe it might be, okay, you get to have ice cream on Saturday if you do three or four homework things. It's yes. you taking the action to let your child know that education is important and I'm going to be involved in your educational process yes. as much as I possibly can be. So, um, and like I said, you decide what that incentive is. 
you yes. know, because most teachers do have their own incentives, but you can decide what works well well for your child. Miss Drain, Miss Drain, can you slide back just a little bit? There, thank you. Thank okay. you. Yes. Um, now, I'd like to ask a question of you. However, when the parents are are um, are from a single parent home, and they may not have as many resources available to to support their child as more affluent parents, what would you suggest for a situation at, like that? Well, if you have typing paper uh, or any type of plain paper, you can, if you have scissors, you can cut it out and you can do multiplication problems and uh, you can make your own cards the homemade way, how we used to make them before they were already manufactured here right. in the dollar stores and things like that. But I'm going to tell you, and I'll tell you this, what I know about educators. If you say, I don't have the resources, or if you come to your child's teacher, nine times out of 10, your teacher has one in her drawer that she's not using. And she, or he or she was not using. She'll be more than happy to give it to you. And matter of fact, and that's the thing, you should have the open type of communication with your teacher that you can ask for something that is going to enhance your child. Your okay. teacher should not be somebody that you do not feel connected to and that you cannot communicate with. So, okay. okay. Um, so did that answer your question? I don't yes. Okay. okay. And, yeah. I, I, wanted, I wanted to encourage those that are listening and that will listen to this, that I want you to be encouraged that you can succeed in helping your child, even if you don't have those adequate resources in place. As Ms. Drain said, you can reach out. Don't let pride, don't let shame stop you from helping your child be successful. If you don't have the financial resources to do so, or if you don't have a car or a way to get to that school, I want you to know that there are educators, just like Ms. Drain, she's not the only one, that truly care is more than a job to them. This lady has spent 40 years of her life and passionately serving. And she's saying that ask me or ask someone that looks like me that's walking in my same role, let them know what you need. And I almost would guarantee you that they'll be able to meet you and accommodate you. She even told me, that I have met with parents on my lunch break to accommodate parents' schedules. So that I, I have to kind of say that there's no excuse. Would you kind of walk down that street with me and also Miss Drain and say, well, there really isn't an excuse yep. to not be involved? Exactly. You, you, you can be involved as much as you want. And we hope you don't take the later part and be as little as you want. But most teachers really do embrace parental involvement because it makes their job easier. Because oh. if you're if reinforcing the multiplication and subtraction problems, then maybe she's not spending her lunch break trying to help little Johnny do that. And also, I a lot of parents don't do this either. And this is a wonderful way because I know you guys have Christmases and things like that and birthdays. If you buy board games, board games are a wonderful way that, and they're not, there are a lot of educational ones, but they're also those plain ones like Monopoly. It teaches them about money. It teaches okay. them about cooperation and working with other kids. I'm going to bird walk for just a moment and I'm going to say this. This is also something that I observed as an educator. A lot mm -hmm. of the kids don't know how to play. They don't know how to have teamwork type of games. Mm -hmm. So their play turns into a physical fight sometimes because oh, that my. little person didn't know how to share the ball or whatever. But those board games and those simple games that you can do at home will help your child with cooperation and being able to do those kind of things. And I know, like I said, there are a lot more educational ones out there now than what they were when I was coming up. And mm -hmm. even if you go online, yes. there are educational games that they will give you directions. I mean, a lot of teachers, extra little bag there is full of that kind of stuff where it's yes. online. And in most sources, and of course, I think Pamela has a, a booklet or a pamphlet there. There, there, there there's a, a plethora of things that you yeah. can do that you just do at home. 
So right. it's not your job to just say that I, I don't know how to help because now I'm giving you some strategies. That's um, right. uh, you can say, and, and I we, we just talked a little bit before I got out of the loop there about how reading is important because what it does is it, it enlightens and it opens up the world to all different types of things because right. like I stated before, if I don't care what type of skill you're going to have, you're going to have to read. And um, I will have to give you a little bit about my personal experience. My mother and father, they came from the South in the 19, they were born in 1926 and 1927. And they, they had a multitude of children. My father had 11 children in his family. So okay. it was more important to work on the farm and different things like that than to mm -hmm. go to school. But yes. what they instilled in us is that reading was important. They got mm -hmm. like a sixth and an eighth grade education. But mm -hmm. thank God, all of my sisters and my, my all of my siblings have what I would call great jobs. And my brothers had great jobs. They were engineers and things like that. But yeah, if my yeah. mother and father had said, I don't have the skill set to teach them and mm -hmm. not sign them up for the Dr. Seuss book club and let those yeah. books come every month. Maybe mm -hmm. I would not have been as successful as I was, as I, I, I think I was, even though I, you know, I think I was because I was able to stay in a profession for a long period of time. And yeah. I, you know, through God and God's grace, I've been able to touch a lot of lives. So yes, what I think is, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So that was mm -hmm. my little side note there, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And Miss Drain, I'm, I am so glad that you gave that because it shows that you actually have been there and done that you didn't just arrive where you are right now you have a backstory and people need to see that because mm -hmm. people are going through just what you went through and they think well my back is against the wall my parents didn't finish school my parents they're not able to teach me what we would call new math because they had no idea what that is but i'm glad you said even though they may not have had that educational background they still knew the importance of pushing education and signing you up for that reading club and telling mm -hmm. you that you've got to get an education and encouraging that. That's what the key is about our talk tonight, parents' involvement. And when you get involved, you'll see the results. I know that Ms. Charlene Drain has done an excellent job for 40 years, as well as her sisters and brothers, because that parental involvement piece. So thank you for being transparent and sharing. Okay. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't write that down to share it, but I wanted them to know that there, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because if you deem education important, your kids will too. You, they That's will true. too. They will too. Okay. Um, and this is another one of my big pet peeves, and I and I and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I have had so many kids say to me, um, um, I, "I didn't go to bed until about twelve one o'clock. I was up playing video games. I was doing this." I cannot tell you the importance, and I'll say this again: a young child at the elementary level needs nine to eleven hours of sleep per night. I would venture to say most of the kids in my classroom did not get that. Eight and 8.30 is time enough for you to feed them, get them ready to go to bed because school is an all day thing. You know, they may get some breaks in there where they get to go out for gym and different things like that. But school is an all day thing. And it's very, very, very disheartening if you're a teacher and you have the child say, well, I was up playing. What's that one that I really hate? Hate to hear him say it. I can't, what is that one? It's a, game uh, yeah i know what you're talking i don't i cannot call the name of it yeah but but, but, but it's a video game yes. but i've had many children tell me that that's what they're doing instead of sleeping so oh it is God. your part as that action parent to make sure that your children get enough sleep so they will be able to have the tenacity to stay in school and it's not like it used to be 35 years ago because even the kindergartners now I don't think there's nap time in kindergarten class anymore so you they need to be able to be present and they need to be able to be awake and be able to hang with what goes on in their uh, learning environment. Um, and uh, you need to make sure that your child, if you can make sure of this, that there's no uh, distractions in their, uh, their bedtime area, in their bed area. Because a lot of times I've had this happen too, 
parents will put their kids to bed about 8.30, but if they have a television in their room, they mm-hmm. will wait till mom and dad go to sleep, turn the television on, turn it down real low, and mom doesn't realize that your child has stayed up to 2 or 3 o'clock watching television. Oh, so my. you need to be very vigilant of that. So if you put them to bed, I'm just giving you old parenting skills, go in and check on them to make sure they are actually asleep. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, and allow your kids to have, uh, and this is responsibility on your part also as that action parent, mm-hmm. allow your child to have consequences for the good and the bad behaviors, mm-hmm. because it's very frustrating for an educator, and that's your involvement piece, to mm-hmm. say, little Johnny is doing this, and then the parent goes, oh, he don't do that at home, and he just they just ignore it. What mm-hmm. you're telling that child is that I can get away with it because my mother or father doesn't really care that I, and I might be doing it for attention because a lot of them do do it for attention. Right. And they might need something more from you or from the teacher. But if there is no communication with your teacher, and that's why I say always stay in communication with your teacher. Mm-hmm. And she tells you there is a problem with Johnny maybe hitting the kids at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And she tells you that two or three times and you don't, assign a consequence to your child, you're Mm -hmm. not being parentally involved and you're not being that action parent. I don't care if it's something where they like to go to grandma's house on the weekend. If they acted up in school that week, maybe they're not going to grandma's house over the weekend. You have to hold your child accountable. That accountability is very important because what the lesson that you're teaching them is that as a young child, if I'm not held accountable, when I become adult, I'm not going to be accountable either. So like yeah. I said, if you go back to one of my statements I made when we first started, parents mm-hmm. are the first teachers. That's okay. right. Ms. Drain, as we, as we hasten to a close, I want you to talk to us about what you think that will encourage parents to be more involved now that we're in the, the um, we're in a season where they just came back to school because they were gone for almost two and a half years with COVID. And then they're actually in competition, as you said, with those video games and the internet is just so prevalent. So Crazy. Before, before we close, why don't you encourage, especially, you know, we have a lot of, uh, this podcast is really aimed at our urban population to encourage them and let them know that whatever they're facing up against, that they can bloom and blossom. So encourage those uh, parents that might find themselves in that predicament where they've been gone for two and a half years, kids been home, homeschooled, they've watched all these video games and television shows and whatnot. So what can they do to kind of I'm going to say dig themselves out of that that runt that they might think that they're in, but they're not truly in. It's an opportunity. Well, parents, what I, I, I'm going to say this, and this may sound a little harsh, but take your control back. Yes. You can take your control back and you can be the parent that your child needs, but you need to deem that this is important. Okay. You need to deem that this is important because you want to, the, our overall goal is that we want your child to be successful. We would like them to be educated, but if they're not educated, at least be able to be a productive part of society. Yes. And in order to do that, you need to let them know that the importance of education, the importance of being a responsible person, the report importance of you being involved in their school, you need to let them know that this is so important to me that maybe I might take that hour out of work. Maybe I might go on that field trip. Maybe I might make the sacrifices. But I understand work schedules because I've had some parents who say I work nights and I sleep during the day and the kids are basically here with their father or there with a a babysitter or whatever. But you need to set a schedule for your child. Yes. You do this at this point of time. Your child should just not be going home and not knowing that there is a routine. So you can take it back, but you have to be willing to take it back. And you have to stop putting all the responsibility for your child's learning on your teacher. And I want everybody to know your teacher has a lot of things to do throughout the day because she's wearing 15 different hats 
When you yes. see he or she in that classroom, that's not the only thing she's doing. She's juggling her home life. She's juggling. And, and what people don't understand, most teachers have what we call PDs or professional developments. We have so many courses that we have to take throughout the year that we, ha we well, we, we, if we want to get paid for them, we have to take them. So your, your teacher is juggling other things. But I would stress that you need to take the control back and become that action parent. If you are that action parent and your child knows that mom is going to hold me accountable, dad is going to hold me accountable, and school is important. It's yes. not something like that. The video game is Fortnite, what I was looking for. Yes. It's not like Fortnite. Yes. It's something that is important. And you have a set routine and a set schedule. I hope that I answered that completely. Um, did that, that, that answer that? Yes, you answered it very thoroughly. And I believe that anyone that has listened to this podcast this evening is going to be impacted by it. This podcast not only airs here in the United States, but there are parents in other countries where this podcast will air that will benefit from what you are sharing, the nuggets that you have dropped so freely this evening. I am grateful for that. And I'd like to thank you for being our featured guest this evening. And I'd like to, to ask you at this time, if you wouldn't mind closing our podcast out in prayer. But first of all, I want to once again, thank you for being our special guest. Thank you for 40 years of service to children, their parents, and the educational system itself. I know personally that you have made a powerful impact, one that's going to have a ripple effect, not only for those little kids, but for their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids. You have left a legacy, Miss Drain. That's why the Lord led me to reach out to you to ask you to be a featured guest on the podcast this evening. I appreciate all that you've done. And I would like to say hats off to you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much, Dr. Robinson. And like I said, it is a pleasure. It is a joy to come and share with parents all over the world. Now you told me that that was going all over the world in other countries. It's, it's a pleasure to do so because God didn't give you a gift to kind of hide it under a rock. You know, he, he puts you in a place that you can help and encourage and enlighten other people. So let's close this out with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, so can we bow our heads? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity because we know that you give us an opportunity to uplift you in our area of expertise, all of the areas of expertise. And we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We cannot thank you enough for the many things that you have done through the educational system, through the parents who are at home watching it. We hope that we have touched someone to encourage them to become more involved in their, their child's school. It doesn't take a lot, but it does take an effort. Dear Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity because you are awesome and worthy to be praised. All these things we ask in your son Jesus' name, amen. And Father God, I thank you so much for all of the educators that are under the sound of my voice tonight, those that will listen to this podcast in the future. I thank you for those that are laboring right now, teaching our children. We thank you for the job that you've given them. Many of them, they don't see it as a job. They actually see this as investing in a person's life. I thank you for that. I thank you that Ms. Drain saw it fit to come on this podcast and to share with us the importance of contributing to your child's educational process. Not only does she have book learning and knowledge from a bachelor's and master's degree, but she has the backup of two very involved parents, two parents of mother and a father, both that had educations that were at an elementary level, but even with that, they knew the importance of a strong work ethic and the work ethic, those tools that they learned from there passed down 
to their children as an ethic to know that you've got to have something that's stable and solid in your life. For them, it was their jobs to keep that family going. For their children, they knew that they could take it a step further with an education. So I think that the seeds were planted in this dream and her children and her siblings at young ages. And we know that you're no respecter of persons. We know because you did it for Miss Drain and her siblings through their parents, that you can do it through that single mom. You could do it for that married couple. You can do it for that fictive Candace raising those kids, for the foster parent, for the grandparent, for the sister, for TT that's raising children. You can do it, Lord. So we, mm -hmm. we don't take this lightly tonight, this conversation, because children are our future. So we thank you and we praise you. We give you the glory and the honor once again for a woman of such great caliber, such as Ms. Charlene Drain, for being our very special guest this evening. We thank you, Lord. We pray that you would help her to enjoy this new season of retirement that you allowed her to see. We thank and praise you right now. We give you the glory and we give you the honor and we give you the praise. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Drain. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Thank you so much. Okay. Good night. Once again, we had with us this evening, Ms. Charlene M. Drain, a native of Battle Creek, Michigan. She holds a bachelor's of science degree and a master's in reading education from Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan, my alma mater times two. Thank God for her ability to come on this evening and tell us about the importance of parental involvement in your child's educational process. Once again, I am Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson coming to you with the Lotus Flower Podcast here from Kalamazoo, Michigan. At the end of the podcast description, you will find several sources that are resources that I would like for you to utilize as you continue your journey of being an involved parent in your child's educational process. Once again, the Lotus Flower Podcast, our aim is to educate, empower, and equip our listening audience with spiritually relevant, culturally uplifting educational topics. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Have a blessed evening. Bye-bye for now.